Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, it's Laura from the Netherlands, and you're listening to the Rise and Run podcast. Enjoy the next episode, and for my fellow Dutchies, heel veel plezier bij de volgende aflevering. Our buddy Laura from the Netherlands. Thank you, Laura. Laura is the author of a great and absolutely appropriate quote, which she actually had made onto a wristband that she wears, talking about the dopey challenge and her quote is, if it was easy, they'd call it the happy challenge. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to episode 65 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with John. Hey, how you doing? With Jack. Hi. With Alicia. Hello. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. And with Allie. Hi, friends. Good to see everyone tonight. Hey, I, we played the intro from Laura. We're out of intros, friends. If you want to record an intro, hit our Join the Conversation button and record one from us. We'd be happy to hear from you. In fact, we'd be more than happy. We'd be excited about it. We, we enjoy getting and playing those. Uh, long episode this evening. Appropriate. Those of you might have a long flight. Maybe you can listen on the way. Maybe some of you will listen whilst you're running at Disney World. But wherever you are, we're glad you're with us. We've got a special guest this evening. You know who Jeff Galloway is. Well, Jeff's going to be here to talk to us, give us some last-minute tips and tricks for the big weekend that's coming up. In the Race Report Spotlight, our friend Mark is here with us. Please hang on to the end. Mark's got a special... Oh, how should I phrase it? Mark's got a special performance for tonight. Again, something appropriate for this upcoming weekend. And our friend Pam from Fluffy Fizzies drops by for a few minutes to tell us what's going on at her booth at the Expo this coming weekend. Hey, last week, our introduction was from our friend Luli in the UK, and she asked a question about running, I think specifically running marathons in the UK. Now, Luli, I looked hard to try and find you in our Facebook groups. And unless you're listed by another name, I didn't see you there. But our friend Amy has an answer for you. So why don't you pop into our Rise and Run Facebook group, go ahead and join. And then Amy's got a really good link that I think will help you out. Let's take a look at the training. I'm not even, well, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about training for this coming week, which is now, gosh, it's, it's, what, it's a week away, right, gang? By the time this is released, we are one week away. You've, you've got seven miles this weekend. You may be tempted to blow it off. Go ahead and do it. If you're doing one of the long runs, whether it's the marathon, whether it's one of the challenges, go ahead and do that seven nice and easy. Uh you have my permission to blow off the one that's on the schedule for the next Tuesday. <laughs> Most of you will either be traveling or already down there by that point. I think it's just as well to be better rested, but you got seven this weekend. 
Uh, Princess, let's not forget Princess. Princess is now seven weeks away. If you're doing one of the longer runs at Princess, you've got four miles and the magic mile. Four miles, including the magic mile and training this weekend. When does the training for springtime surprise start? So I could be wrong here, but I think counting backwards on the calendar, you're probably looking at starting your springtime training. Now, granted, this is only based on the 10-miler training plan, uh, which is only a 13-week program. So that probably puts you in the middle of January to start that that training. Uh, so you got a little bit of time yet. But you do have to submit your proof of time for the 10-miler by January 3rd. So get that in right away. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Thanks for the reminder on that, Allie. Get that proof of time in for springtime. Surprise weekend. All right. We know the big one's coming up. It's the, it's the biggest of the four Disney World running weekends, not only in terms of distance, number of races, but it's also the biggest in terms of number of participants. Gosh, it seems like we've been talking about it forever, but it's, well, it's been close. It's been six or seven months. How about last thoughts and tips on Marathon Weekend, gang? Uh, I've noticed a couple of things, a couple of comments in the Facebook group. I'll, let me start. One question we had asked was, what about the Expo Pass? What do I need to do about the Expo Pass? Well, that should be emailed to you fairly soon. If you get it, great. You should. We'll We'll talk about it when we see it. We'll post it in our social media when we see it. But that should be coming to you shortly. Bob, I think I, I was listening uh, to our guest from last week, Heather Jurgensen, uh, one of her latest episodes of the Runners Without Limits podcast. And I think I overheard her say that the Expo Pass will be uh, emailed out somewhere around December 31st. Uh, so again, don't don't quote me on okay. that. That's what I heard on her podcast uh, today. So I would say around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, keep an yeah. eye on your inbox. Based on the last couple of events that have used that, that sounds right. And then you use it on your phone. The, the big thing you need that for is your bib number. I don't recall ever being asked to, by anyone, let me see your expo pass. But if I have my bib number, then I know what booth to go to. I go and show them my identification. Everything's good from there. So that's what the expo pass is for. Should be getting that soon. Um, get questions. We, we used to get this question like three months in advance. What will the weather be like for race weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really love that when we get them that far in advance. We're getting close enough to have an idea. And it looks like for the first time, in a while, I think 2019 was relatively normal. It looks like for the first time since 2019, we're going to get average Florida temperatures for this time of year. Hallelujah. Can, yeah, they should be nice. You can expect lows in approximately, I'm not giving you a forecast. I'm just telling you what is approximately normal. Lows in the mid fifties, highs in the mid seventies. And Lest you worry about running in the mid-70s, remember those highs are normally 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The race is well finished by then. So it looks like we should have a good weekend. 
And I'll put a shout out to our friend Ryan Teets. I always like to label him the unofficial Run Disney uh, weatherman or, or weather forecaster because every day on his Instagram stories, he always does a screenshot of the AccuWeather five-day forca- uh, forecast for uh-huh. uh, Marathon Weekend or any Run Disney Weekend for that matter. Uh-huh. And he always likes to give his little commentary about it. So if you want someone who obsesses about the weather maybe as much as you do, uh, <laughs> make sure to go check out his uh, his Instagram page. Yeah, and another thing I would say, just be prepared to pack for any type of weather. Mm-hmm. Even though it might yeah. say it'd be warm, bring some long pants, long shirt, just in case the weather changes. Because you know what? It still could be cold in those mornings. Yeah, it Good could. It is, ex- it is extremely unlikely to be what it's been like the last couple of days. Uh, I've, I've woken to temperatures in the 30s here on the West Coast. High 30s, but 30s nonetheless. But that's unlikely to come back in the next week or two. And maybe bring some like throwaway items just in case yeah. it is cold at the start oh, yeah. line. Because yeah, they'll donate it. So yeah. right. there are mornings during some of the races that I could have sold those little throwaway gloves for like fifty bucks because everybody was so cold and just wanted something. Yeah, you want to expand on that just a little bit for people who don't know what you're talking about? Yeah. So um if it's cold outside, it's always best to kind of just get something maybe from Goodwill just to kind of stay warm. That way during the race, if you would like to shed some clothes that you aren't planning on keeping, don't worry. Those items will still go to a good place. Yeah. They will be donated um, to individuals. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a nice cause. I like it. No, it's a good idea. You'll maybe see you buy it. them from the Goodwill and then they just go mm-hmm. right back to the Goodwill. Yeah, right. They probably do. Blankets, uh, uh, not t-shirts, sweatshirts, you'll see them by the side of the road for the first half, first mile, depending on how cold it is. I don't think it's going to be that cold, but it could be uncomfortably cool standing around in the corrals early. I mean, low 50s with our Florida humidity can be chilly, especially if there's a breeze. And do not forget to discard your Mylar blankets before you cross the start line. Yes. If it's cold enough to have have Mylar blankets, you're going to hear that announcement probably on the order of 200 times. So you won't forget it. Um, But that's a good suggestion. Okay. So this is my tip. And I learned this after the fact of my first run Disney race. Go and cut your toenails. Yes. Thank yourself later. Mm -hmm. Because if not, this is where the disgusting part comes in. They will fall off. Or point two... They will be greatly bruised, and if it's a half marathon and you're still running dopey, you have all day the next day. It'll <laughs> hurt. Uh, because It'll hurt. your feet are and toes are just pounding into your shoes and yeah. pounding on the pavement. And for that length of period of time, you can only imagine. So obviously, if you have nicely, freshly cut toenails, the likelihood will, will go down. Jack, it's, it's funny you bring that up because um, right before Christmas, my daughter wanted her fingernails and toenails painted. And after my wife did that and they dried, she came over to me and said, Daddy, why is only one of your nails painted? (laughs) So, yeah, take take that advice, everybody, and cut your toenails. Jack, in in my lifetime, I've had three pedicures. Oh. Total, exactly three. It's more than me. I've only ever had one. Yep, I had it. tickled. Before... (laughs) Before Dopey 2019, before Dopey 2020, and before Dopey 2022. And I'll get one later this week or next. Before You're the a smart man. 
Well, I, don't, do I appreciate it. I don't know that that, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that, that is, I think that's great advice. One thing that I like to focus on before our big race is my race dinner the night before. And sometimes I'm tempted to before a half marathon or full marathon to really eat everything in sight, especially thinking, you know, when goofy happened, after the half marathon, I was pretty starving, so I kind of overdid it. And the next day in the marathon, I was really feeling it. So don't don't eat eat like you normally would, and don't overload on carbs and big heavy meals. Just try to keep it the way you would normally eat um, before your long run. And to expand upon that, Allie, um, the the tip that I was going to give everybody besides getting the pedicure um, was that go check out. Our friend uh, Kristen's Instagram page, uh, Run Fit Mama. Over the course of the last week or so, she has four posts on there of what her fueling plan is going to be for each race. And she breaks it down in terms of the time and what she has, whether it's a, you know, a solid food, like a goo type, you know, substance or, you know, a blocks or whatever. And then also liquid as well, too. And I I found that information to be very, very useful because I know when we had her and Devin on uh, a few weeks ago, you know, asking that question of, you know, how do you handle breakfast and everything like that? I thought these guys were fantastic that she put together. So, again, go check out her page. Um, she's at RunFitMama, and you just got to scroll down just a little bit, and there should be four posts in a row of fueling plans for if you're doing dopey, she's got but then also has the individual races of 5K, 10K, half, and full. Really useful information. I can't wait. I'm going to check it out. I gave her the business because she left out the scrambled eggs and bacon in a pizza cone, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole nother story that I may tell probably next week. I'm really, really excited for the expo like everybody is. Um, It's one of the things that you truly look forward to because you get your bib, you get to see all the new merchandise for Disney. But you also see all the merchandise being sold in the expo area, like new fueling, uh, new clothes, and whatnot. And I just want to make sure to reiterate, it's it's great to buy, but remember that if you're going to use it for Marathon Weekend, please don't try anything new on race day. Um, So if you try new fueling stuff, maybe if it's brand new, you never tried it, maybe try it for a training day after Dopey, just because I know with me and my stomach, like if I tried something new, I tried something new this past week, it did not work. It almost made me throw up. And it's better to know beforehand than rather doing it on a race. That's just my thing. I don't know if you guys agree to disagree. but No, nothing new on race day. That's an adage probably as old as racing. Um, I will add one people talk about, especially on the challenges, especially on the dopey challenge. How do you get up so early for four days? Well, you just do is the answer, but what do you, how do you compensate? And my answer is just get to bed, try to get to bed no later than eight o'clock at night and get to bed at seven. If you can, are you going to fall asleep at that time? Probably not, but at least be laying down and resting and get as much rest as you can before that alarm goes off at two or two thirty or whatever time you have it set for. I saw some comments in the, the thread on the chat about our marathon weekend meetup, which has been 
a delightful thing to read. I've really enjoyed all the enthusiasm and all the posts there. But I saw a lot of folks posting about running alone. Well, in some sense, we're all running alone, but in other senses, none of us are running alone. And you've got a whole bunch of friends who are going to be there. And I don't just mean the half a dozen of us who are here on the podcast. I mean the thousands of folks who listen. There, there are going to be hundreds of people there. Uh, take a look at the race report list. Take a look at the names. There are people who will be there. You can find them. Our buddy Mark put a spreadsheet, and it's pinned to the top of the Rise and Run Facebook group page. The spreadsheet is there for you to put your name, and it's totally up to you if you want to or not, but to put your name and your approximate pace, and then maybe you can find somebody there who you can run with during these events. So this goes back to what Bob said just a second ago about waking up and getting um, up early. What I've done in the past is like literally the day or two before, I will purposefully wake up really early so that I am extremely tired by a time at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's, that makes sense. It works sense. tried and true, I promise. You yeah. go to bed, you feel rested. When you wake up at 3 a.m., you're going to be great. Get your rest. Get your rest. Even if you're not sound asleep, get your rest. But that's a good, that's a good thought, Jack. Another question that came up was about pacers. The best I can say is if you have a question about pacers, the best place to get that answered is at Jeff Galloway's booth in the expo. And our friend Chris Twiggs will probably be there. He'll be there for a good chunk of the weekend, I'm sure. And he can answer your pacers questions. But there's also a post in the Facebook group that lists all of the pacers, all of their paces, and all of the intervals that they'll be running. The pacers have a a flag that they're holding up, which will show their total time for the event. Uh, The pacers are at the half marathon and marathon only. There's no pacers for the 5K or 10K. It'll show their time total time for the event and their mile minute per mile average time on that flag. So you can find the pacers in the corrals, but if you've got question about questions about it, check with Chris. He'd be happy to answer your questions. I promise you. I've used them before. I haven't used them at Disney, but I've used pacers before and they work out very, very well. Speaking of intervals and times, etc. We've said it, oh gosh, how many times do you think we've said trust your training, gang? Once, twice? 247 times, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. I knew somebody would keep track for me. Thanks, Allie. Oh gosh, if you've done this training, if you're confident, if you, you're going to do well. I still see people who are nervous. I'll talk about that in a moment, but trust your training. It does work. We've all used it. We've all had varying degrees of success with it. Your training will get you through. On the course, be patient out there. Things are going to happen that are going to frustrate you. Not everyone knows running etiquette. Some people who do know running etiquette don't practice it. I'm talking about things like if you're doing run-walk intervals, 
raise your hand before you go from a run to a walk. So people behind you know you're about to do that. Get as far as you can to the right. The right is preferred. But if you find yourself stuck, though, get as far as you can to the left. Get as far as you can away from the middle if you're going to take a walk break, preferably to the right side. But be patient if you get boxed in. You're going to. You're going to get boxed in. You're going to get boxed in amongst people who are slower than you. It won't last forever. Just be patient. Remember, we're at Disney. We're there for fun. Here's something that will surprise you if you haven't done a distance run before. Regardless of the distance you're running, you're going to run further than the distance that's published. If you're running the half, you're going to run further than 13.1. If you do the full, your Garmin or whatever you're wearing is going to tell you you've done more than 26.2, and you will. Some people think it's because you're weaving in and out amongst those people who are boxing you in. That's a little bit of it. But the biggest part of it is all of these courses are certified by the U.S. Track and Field Association. And any certified course is measured on the shortest possible distance that you can travel on that course. So what happens is the course is measured on what's called the apex of all the turns. It's the shortest radius turn you can make you won't do that unless you're way out in front. And even then it's difficult. You're going to have to take the long way around some of these turns. So like caution runners, sharp turn ahead. You're going to be on the outside and you're going to end up running where I've done as much as 27 miles in a marathon, according to my GPS at Disney. And we did tell you that they move your car at the end of the race. So even if you park <laughs> real close at the beginning, somehow it's 10 miles farther. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I have some tips here that I can tell you, like I used and uh, helped me out. Just think of one day at a time, one race at a time. Don't worry about the marathon. You still have to finish the five to 10 and a half. So just get done with the race that you're in. You know, if you just don't, overthink about, I got to finish the marathon. No, you got to finish the five to 10 and a half first. I mean, those are big things, I think. Yeah. Finish the race you're in. Absolutely. Another thing is you're going to get to the point when your mind's going to tell you you're going to quit. You got to quit, you know, find something to distract you. You know, if it's finding somebody on the course at mile 10 and finishing the race with them or. Yeah. John, uh, can we plan that again this year? Yes, we will. <laughs> Listen to music. Just, just think about something else. Your 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 mind's going to try to trick you to quit. Just find something to distract it, and you'll work through it. I I found something really helpful, not only for myself to keep myself positive, but sometimes when I'm struggling towards the end of the race, I'll look and find someone who's struggling even more. And then I will grab them and try to help them to the end Aww. of the race. And then I'll be easy to find Allie. Secretly. Okay. I'll be, yeah. <laughs> secretly. I'm actually helping myself through the end of the race, but you know, it helps keep, keeps your like, it keeps it feeling good. And then you make a new friend and you get distracted. Like yeah. John said, it helps a lot. And the last one, just give a positive attitude. You can do it. Just, you know, keep saying, I can do this. You know, just don't go in there saying, I ain't going to do this. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to do it. You're just setting yourself up for failure. Just keep that positive attitude. Keep the positive attitude. Trust the training. 
look around you. All these folks that are around you are trying to do the same thing you are. Some of them have already done it. If you're worried about the overpasses, one thing that I like to do with hills is change my perception of what the hill looks like. I actually don't even look straight ahead. I look down at the ground and watch my feet keep moving forward one step at a time because then I don't worry about what the hill looks like rather than what I feel. Because if I see what that hill looks like, I'm going to be like, oh my dear God, it's lasting forever. But by the time if you keep looking at your feet and you're just, you change the way that you look at the hill, the hill is never as bad as it looks. It's all about your mind and what your mind is trying to tell you when in reality you're going to be fine and you're going to do great. So there's that. Um, I, I ran a hill today and I thought that and I was like, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Because uh, I've done it in the past, but never realized it until today that that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, is I will always, Ted Lasso, he's like a god of sports. Um, be a goldfish if things, <laughs> I know we've said in the past, but if things really feel terrible, just be a goldfish. Have a 10 second memory. If it was that bad, erase it. Think of something else. And like Allie said, talk to somebody next to you. I tell you what, my first ever 50K I ever did, I taught, uh, I was with a group of three ladies that I ran 18 miles with and it flew by. Oh, yeah, I never once worried about the fact that the race was a looped course that I had to do 10 times. It really helps. It really does. Yes. Your, your hill tip is a good one. Uh, Jack, I don't want to scare anybody who's not been down there before. This is not a hilly course. No, but it is but towards there are, the end. There are two or three overpasses that, that they'll get your attention primarily because it's not a hilly course. And all of a sudden yeah. you get these overpasses. But don't don't be afraid of that. It's, it, that it's not tough. What, um, you don't want to talk about that massive hill going up from uh, the United Kingdom to France? <laughs> feels that way but it, I, I, no, time, no, it does feel that way absolutely <laughs> yeah but by the time you get there nothing's gonna stop you correct oh, yeah. absolutely okay. i think the 25 mile marker is around there somewhere yeah but it's how you're gonna be feeling pretty good by the time you get there um, i got a, i got a weird tip um if you are the type of person who gets like foot fatigue or like your foot feet get real tired in the marathon Bring an extra pair of socks and change your socks at one of the um, at one of the aid stations, and it's like putting on new feet. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but it actually does work really no, well. I, I've never done it, but I think it's a very good tip. I think it's a very good suggestion. Um, yeah, good idea. Oh, and well, and speaking of that, how about a real quick what to pack? Now, I'm just talking about things that people might not think of ordinarily. One of one of the ones that I like to mention is sunglasses. On especially, it will be the half marathon this year. When you come out of Magic Kingdom, for a whole bunch of the runners, except for the extremely fast and those that, well, even those towards the back, um, the sun. When you get on that road that goes around, uh, uh, not yeah, around Grand Floridian and next to Polly. That's pretty much a straight shot to the east or southeast. Anyway, you're going into a rising sun there. So sunglasses are a good idea there. Please bring some sunscreen. I know yeah. it's going to be dark in the mornings, but by the time it's, you know, the sun has risen, it will get potentially warm 
and the sun will be out. So it's always good to kind of protect yourself, especially with the half marathon and marathon. And if you burn yourself on the half marathon day, you still have to run outside during the marathon uh, the next day. So just kind of be cautious. Sunscreen is always a great idea. I use paper first aid tape. I actually use that on the back of my Achilles. So sometimes when your sock falls down and comes down, it it prevents the rubbing of the back of your shoe and you don't get that big yeah. blister. KT oh. tape will do that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. That's Speaking good. of not getting blisters, whatever you use, um, body glide or yeah. um, something like that. Yeah. 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 Which they good. have at the aid stations, by the way, they have Vaseline. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And then after the races, make sure that you pack um, something like a lacrosse ball or foam roller or something that you can do some myofascial release with. Maybe you bring a stretching mat with you or you maybe you bring um, like what are those little loops or whatever that you can put around your legs and stuff. Just make sure you're ready to recover. I always run even training runs with a hat or a visor. Um, if you don't, that's fine. I would bring one anyway. If it rains, you're going to be happy that you did. Okay, so those are some ideas on what to pack. Another thing I noticed people asking about, we talked last week about taking the first bus from the resort to the race. And the question was, do you really need to take the first bus? No, you don't really need to take the first bus. Why? Here's why I do it. I do it, number one, because then I don't have to worry about it. I do it, number two, because I like to get there early and meet with folks. Which, by the way, and I'll mention this again, you can meet us before the races. If you look at the stage, there will be bleachers in front of the stage. We will be to the left of the bleachers. I'll mention that again before the end of the podcast. But I love it. I love hanging out. I love visiting with my friends. I grab a cup of coffee and hang out there. If you want to get character photos prior to the race, you pretty much, I don't say have to be on the first bus, but it really helps because those lines get real long, real fast. I find that if I'm on the first bus and I want to, I can typically get two character photos in before I head over to meet up with my friends. Uh, if you, if that's all you want to do and spend time there, you could possibly get more. And you know this, I'm usually like the last one to saunter in mm-hmm. while everybody's waiting. I've never seen a character. I didn't even know they had them at the beginning of the race. <laughs> They're there. They're there. But by the time you get there, Allie, it would not be worthwhile getting into a line. Uh, you wouldn't get through it before you'd have to get to the corrals because that's how long the line. I, I learned that on my very, very first Disney race back in 2016. It doesn't work. One last thought. I see this every year. Every year, I see it over and over again. And the comment is it's getting close and I'm scared or I'm afraid. Oh, no, don't be afraid. Number one, you're with friends. Even if you're there alone, you're with friends. It's okay to be nervous. That's probably pretty normal. I know I've said this before. If you're taking on a new challenge, even if your new challenge is a 5K, if it's a new challenge to you, you're going to be nervous about it. That's normal. And it will probably even help you a little bit, give you a little extra adrenaline, a little extra energy. But there's just nothing to be afraid of. I always figure, what's the worst thing that can happen? I get started. I meet up with my friends. I have a good time. 
I get on the course, I see a couple characters, and lo and behold, there go those famous characters, the balloon ladies, and next thing I know, I'm getting picked up. Big, hairy deal. I get a nice bus ride back to the end. I get off, and some very friendly people hand me a medal, and they hand me the famous Disney box of food, and I go out and I see more of my friends. That's the worst, gang. That's the worst that can happen. It's it's okay. You're going to do your best, and and you're going to make it. But if you don't, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. We'll still love you, and we'll still be glad to have you in the family here. So don't be scared. So there you have it, friends. Those are our last-minute thoughts and tips on the upcoming Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. We'll see you there. One of the places we'll see you early on, I hope, is at the Expo. And speaking of at the Expo, our friend Pam's with us tonight. Hiya, Pam. Hiya. Good to see you. You may you may recognize Pam from her Fluffy Fizzies persona. Pam, what's new with Fluffy Fizzies? What are we looking for this year or this weekend? Oh, we have some new products. We have some new sizes. Uh, I think I may have lied to y'all on one of the... No! I know. Um, If I remember correctly, one of the previous episodes, I might have said I wasn't doing themed cupcakes for Mm -hmm. this race. I was only going to do sort of our our standard go-to. And um, gosh, it was about two and a half weeks ago. Pressure got to me. I couldn't handle it. So I ended up designing six cupcakes for those doing the dopey. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> I was going to say, you were going to have a five-year-old customer who was going to be you really, know, really I, upset. <laughs> well, let me tell you what. Tomorrow is the absolute last day I can make products and still have them dry in time for the expo. Uh-huh. And uh, the way it stands right now, I've just about sold out of every cupcake and the dopey challenge cubes that we have, which is a, um, a cube with just the soap on top. So mm-hmm. uh, I happen to know one of uh, one of you is allergic to eggs and egg whites and can't use the cupcakes because of the meringues. Well, the the dopey challenge cubes with the soap on top don't doesn't have any meringue in it, and so um, Ooh. yeah, that kind of you know helps helps people that that don't want the top of the cupcake, but. Yeah, and actually, I love, love, love how the cupcakes came out. Um, we've got a, a glittery dog bone on one for the 5K. Cool. We've got a, 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 the acorn, and it's a glittery top. Actually, there's glitter everywhere. If you, you know, for those of you <laughs> me right now, I've got, literally, there's glitter everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I succumbed. I couldn't go to an expo without specialty cupcakes. So I ended up yeah. making them. That's uh, funny. There's glitter everywhere because uh, at the Wine and Dine Expo, I went to see my wife. She says, what's that glitter on your face? I said, well, I was, at, I was over at Pam's. <laughs> There's glitter everywhere. Yeah, yeah. One hug with me and you're going to have glitter yeah. uh, as far as the eye can see. So, yeah. Wednesday, the week before marathon, really everything needs to be done because, uh, as you know, the things in Maryland, at least, because we will hit the road as of Sunday morning, New Year's Day, and the van will be loaded up um, no later than Saturday, and we'll be on the road. I absolutely love your products. Just 
just so you know. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited, but what I'm most excited and interested in is that what product are you bringing to the expo that you are most excited about? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I'm still excited about the Bliss. I know we premiered it during Wine and Dine, but to this is for me, my preference, that's my go-to pain relief. Now, I know some people like the Body Butter Vest um, and have requested larger sizes, so I'm bringing larger sizes this time. Uh, Alicia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, Lots of smiles like here. Uh, some people like the stick best. Well, we haven't done the stick in quite a while. And uh, the plan is to have sticks made and ready uh, for the expo. I shouldn't say it's a plan because we've already have pre-orders for the sticks. So they will be there. Uh, so we will have the stick version again. I am actually much happier with this stick version uh, than, the, than the previous versions. I am adding, oh, wait, ready? So for no, those of you that- here we go. Big announcement. For those of you who think your feet might be tired afterwards or your legs <laughs> might need a little, you know, rejuvenation. Okay. So now I'm adding something to go before the body butter. It is a whipped sugar scrub that has the menthol crystals and the bounce back oils in it. So you're going to scrub it. It's, it's soap, but it also has exfoliating in it. So sit on the side of the tub, get in the shower, whatever you want to do. And you're going to scrub your legs down with it. And they're going to be tingling and feeling cold immediately when you're done with that then dry off and put the body butter and it's like layers on layers and now you are exfoliated smooth tingling and just um you know uh, ready a for happy the camper that sounds, that amazing. sounds amazing i do have to say I've, I've tested it and sampled it many times um and and i love it it is not on the website. I am going to say that uh, I will try to get it up, but it's more of a priority to get the products made than on the website right now. So if we can't get it on the website prior, um, it will be added no later than Tuesday because that's the day we, we will be setting up the expo and everything will go into the register, which means it'll also be available for pre-order. So um, so there you go. A brand new one nobody knows is coming out yet. All your listeners will be the first ones to know it. Cool. So Pam, we love having you on, you know, you're, you're, you're getting close to your, you know, five-time SNL jacket with us, but for, <laughs> for listeners who might be hearing of fluffy fizzies for the first time, obviously, you know, we direct them to your website to see all your great products, but if you could just pick one product that you think would be helpful to listeners, regardless if they're doing a challenge or not, that would give them the best benefit for that recovery from day to day, what would that product be in your mind? Good question. All right. So no matter what, I got to go back to the tried and true, but in order to have the tried and true, you have to have a bathtub or a place to soak. But the tried and true is what we really built the, the whole company and the whole run Disney experience around, which is the bounce back cubes or the bounce back salts with the infusion of our bounce back blend of oils. So the blend of oils are orange, peppermint, wintergreen, camphor oil, and eucalyptus. And we use those because they all have different qualities like anti-inflammatory or, um, you know, some, some kind of pain relieving quality. So for instance, for the, for the viewers who usually do a, a Epsom salt bath afterwards, 
the Epsom salts, we infuse them with these essential oils. So it's taking that Epsom salt bath and elevating the experience and giving you a little bit more recovery components to it. Um, the bounce back cubes are the bath bomb that we're most known for. And what that has on top of all the other things that, um, you know, salts and everything do, they have oils for softening your skin, but they also have bentonite clay for detoxing through the skin. So um, I would have to say, you know, that that's sort of a, a great recovery. It can be used hot, a warm bath, cold bath. Um, it does dissolve in any type of, you know, bath that you want to take. So um, that's the tried and true. The, the only problem is if you're, you know, if you're staying in a hotel and lo and behold, you don't have a bathtub, that's when you'll really want to look at the Bliss, the Body Butter, the Whip Soap, all the different products that we have now. Pam, so I know uh, you're doing pre-orders on your website for pickup at the uh, expo. When's the last day they can place orders for the, the uh, pre-order for pickup? Ooh, okay. okay. So you ready for this one? We are going to try to keep pre-order, pre-orders open literally during the expo. So we did it on a very small scale during wine and dine and it worked well. Um, that just requires us looking every, you know, so often at the register, there's, there's one area that'll show us if we have a pickup that's waiting. Um, if it, if unfortunately, if it gets to where we can't manage it, we'll, we'll have to shut that down. But the goal is that way, when you get home that night and maybe you're a first time user of the product and you take the bath and you wake up and you go, holy cow, it definitely helped me. I feel so much better. I need more of these things for my other races. You could order it that night, and by the morning, we'll pull the orders and have it ready, ready for you. Um, like I said, we did it small scale, wine and dine, and it worked well. So I'm hoping there is no end to the pre-orders. Mm, That's neat. <laughs> we have a coupon code for our listeners for 10% off, which is happy running. Are they able to use that to pre-order things to pick up at the expo? So, yes. For pre-orders, you can use the happy running code and get the 10% discount. Actually, some of your listeners, even just <laughs> right before I went on the air, had placed orders. So absolutely, pre-orders, you can use the code. However, if you come up to the register, we are not able to do it right there at the register. Um, we know that Marathon Weekend gets a little crazy for us. And sometimes it's my dad working the register and he's not as tech savvy and it, it just gets a little bit too difficult for us to try to do the code each and every time when somebody walks up at the expo. So I have it where it's not activated on the POS system, but you can do the pre-order and still get your discounts. That's awesome. So you just go on your website and you fill out your order and then there's an option for pickup at the expo as you check out? That is correct. And what you want to do, uh, and I, I've noticed is sort of a glitch, you only can shop the items that we have listed under the Run Disney Expo link. Um, there are other items on our website that we won't have with us at the Expo. If you try putting one of those in your cart, uh, it won't let you do pickup for anything. And it doesn't tell you, unfortunately, what item you put in that was incorrect. However, when you go on the website, you'll see on every item where it says available for local pickup. And that means go ahead, add it to your cart, and you'll be able to pick it up at the expo. But uh, the easiest way is to sh just to sh contain all your shopping. I know you're excited to do the whole website, but contain it to just the area 
that I put a link specifically for the 2023 Run Disney Marathon Expo. Very good. Pam, thanks for taking time to drop by and talk with us. And we look forward to seeing you pretty soon. I can't wait to see everyone at the expo and I will be covered in glitter once again. (laughs) Thanks, Pam. Thanks. So when you get to the expo, stop by, see our friend Pam. Tell her you heard her on the Rise and Run podcast. She's got a new booth this year. Her booth is redesigned and I'm looking forward to seeing it. When you're done with Pam, go nearby and go visit our next guest. Jeff Galloway has his own booth at the expo. All of us know Jeff. He needs almost no introduction. I feel 1972 Olympics 10,000 meter team for Team USA. First person ever to finish the Peachtree Road Race in Atlanta, Georgia. That's right. He won the very first event. The official Run Disney training consultant, and just an all-around great human being. So welcome back to the Rise and Run podcast, Jeff Galloway. Jeff, it's great to see you again. Thanks for sharing some of your time, especially at this busy time of the year. So great to be here. As we were discussing a little earlier, we are an extended family in the very best way. We runners, and particularly the Disney folks. It's just a very unique community. It, it truly is. I was watching a rerun of Ted Lasso and they were talking, they were having their Christmas episode. Higgins had all the players over there and he looked at him and he gave a toast to the family we're born into and the family we create. And I, that's what, that's what we've created. And that's what Jeff Galloway has created in many, many ways. And I'm proud and happy to be a part of that. Well, thank you. And uh, I don't take any of that for granted. I'm out there every day trying to figure out better ways and and more solutions to problems. I, I know you are. I genuinely appreciate that. So let's think about this, Jeff. That's a good segue. Um, we are now, golly, just actually at the time this releases, it will be one week before the Walt Disney World 5K and the start of Marathon Weekend. Training's complete. Our friends have either picked up your program on the Run Disney page. A whole bunch of our listeners and friends have been with Coach Chris Twiggs through customized training. Or maybe they've got a training plan somewhere else. But let's talk to the folks whose last long training run didn't quite go as well as they wanted it to. Maybe they're, maybe they had trouble making the distance or maybe they're not quite at that 16 minute per mile pace. What can we tell them? Well, I've gotten a lot of those over the last two weeks uh, since a lot of folks had their last big weekend workout scheduled. And the bottom line is that there are solutions to practically any running problem. And if it didn't go well on the last one, the usual solutions are to um, back up on the run, walk, run, to uh, walk uh, a good bit of the first half of the race that you are concerned about, and then to just 
put your will into it to get to that finish line because we have inside of us so much more potential than we give ourselves credit for or the monkey brain gives us credit for. So by digging down with cognitive strategies like positive mantras, I can do this. I've trained for this. I have the willpower inside to get through one more step, one more step. That not only will turn on the human brain, but it accesses an area on the right side of the human brain that gives you inner strength and allows you to do things on a given day that you didn't think were were possible. Wow. Jeff, I'm just curious, what is your mantra whenever things get hard for you? My best and and most frequent go-to is, I can do this. I have the power. Those, those two things over and over again. And I'll often get into a rhythm with my uh, cadence to uh, facilitate those two. Uh, and there are a few other ones that uh, I will use when, uh, you know, those get old. Uh, but they're usually funny things like, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> we are done with the longest part of the training. Uh, we're getting ready to, to put all this into practice. What are your thoughts on the taper weeks, Jeff? What should we be doing? What shouldn't we be doing? Well, you do need to continue to maintain adaptations by getting out there and doing a little running and walking every other day until you get to the last two days before your first race. And at that point, you could take two full days off with no running. Uh, That's a very individual thing. You do what makes you feel more confident going into the race. It's it's not going to hurt you to take three full days off, especially if you're at Disney World and you're going through the parks and so forth, because that has a similar effect to getting in those slow maintenance runs. So that's okay. Uh, But, um, you know, maintaining a little bit is good. Uh, You certainly don't want to try to compensate for inadequate training by working hard the last week or, or even two. That can really put you into a deficit and the muscles can be sore, they can hurt, you can actually get injured. I've unfortunately found a number of Disney folks who have done that mistakenly and uh, they just got bad advice. But the bottom line is you've done the work, it's time for coasting, but you don't want to stop entirely. You want to get out there and move those legs at least every other day. As far as nutrition and like eating goes, because you're doing a lot less mileage, do you eat a lot less food or do you still continue to eat sort of at a, to, at a maintenance as you would be for your training to repair your muscles? The reality about overeating is that you're not going to really gain a lot of poundage if you eat a little too much the last few days. Uh, The worry about overeating sometimes causes people to cut back on foods that they could use nutrition-wise. So the bottom line on eating is 
follow the plan that's worked for you leading up to long runs. Okay. The general trend is that uh, the day before the race is the key day. The day before that, uh, you know, you can eat a, a pretty much normal diet. It's never a good idea when you're leading up to a race to gorge yourself because too much loading often leads to unloading during the event. Itself. <laughs> that can be downright embarrassing at the worst possible sure. time. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Certainly. But, uh, the day before then focus on first getting your eight glasses of water throughout the day. Uh, and then you can eat usually a normal breakfast if you've never had trouble before long runs with the breakfast that you eat. And then a normal, somewhat normal lunch is usually okay too. Uh, All day long, you want to avoid foods that could cause problems. And when you're at Disney World, uh, there are a lot of temptations along the way that could lead (laughs) to that. So just use your conscious brain to make your food choices uh, and then during the afternoon and evening, you don't want to overeat. That's when the overeating can really cause you problems the next day. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, race day, obviously extremely early, uh, I recommend dr- either drinking a glass of water or if you're like me and like to have your coffee, then uh, have that right immediately because that gives you a chance to take your potty stop before the start of the race instead of once the race starts. And uh, after that, um, it's all about whether you're going to eat or not. If you've had no problems eating a snack for breakfast and want to eat a, a snack for breakfast, then stick with what's worked before. Most of the problems in nutrition that I have heard, and I've heard thousands of them, uh, mainly relate to uh, eating the wrong foods or too much before the start of the race. So if you're going to eat something, stick with something that has worked for you before and stick with the plan of timing that has worked for you before. Um, And your system is used to that. Once the race starts, the rule of thumb is uh, every two miles, two to four ounces of water, and 30 to 40 calories of sugar. And that's been a very, very successful strategy for keeping the blood sugar up and allowing you to get the fluids every two miles that your body needs without overdoing it. That's awesome. Thank you. Jeff, you actually keep your sugar type supplements pretty simple, don't you? I sure do. I drink D-Fizz Coca-Cola, so I get my water, sugar, and then a dose of caffeine on top of all that. Whoopee. <laughs> what are your morning rituals? So, and, and this is something that I did as a world-class athlete. Uh, I really didn't have any exotic series of stretches or, or any type of, of mental training until I got to the race site. And once I did, I would try to find myself a place that was out of the mainstream of people coming and going, a place that I could, uh, once I did my little warm-up and 
get the legs moving, uh, I wouldn't be too far from where I had to line up. And uh, I would uh, focus on the things that I need to and my mantras that have helped me. And sometimes I even would come to the race with mantras written down uh, and I'd pull those out and read them. Uh, I have a lot of mantras in my mental training book, which people show me at every race. Uh, There's a few people that come up and unfold the photocopy and and show in the highlights what they're going to tell themselves to do. Uh, Always good to plan that in advance. And then when it uh, comes time to get moving, to get to that start, uh, that's a time when you can talk to people and, uh, and, and uh, ask them where they're from and, and, and what, what they did over the holidays or whatever you want to talk about. And, you know, at the Disney races particularly, people are very receptive to that. And uh, it's just an affable uh, group for the most part. And you can just uh, pass the time as you head towards the starting line. Jeff, good stuff. Now, we've touched a little bit, but let's transition from training and let's start talking about race weekend a little bit. And let me start with this question. How did you originally get involved with Run Disney and become the official training consultant? The original contact was at the very first race that Disney did. And this is way before Run Disney was uh, established as a brand. It was the Walt Disney World Marathon. That was the race. It was the only race in uh, uh, 1994, way back then in the 1990s. And um, my friend John Hughes was the race director. He just recently retired from the Disney races, but he has, up until this point, been uh, the primo race director, and he's he's amazing. But he was trying to assemble a group of world-class athletes to sort of lead the race. And then uh, the Disney folks were trying to blend all of this in. And it was, it was so new and so exciting. And, uh, and then the one snafu was uh, there were busing problems that first year. And... Uh, we had to wait at the starting line for over 30 minutes before the start. And it happened to be one of those cold years. And the, those of us who were used at that time to uh, wearing a singlet and a pair of shorts, even on a cold day, we suffered a little bit. Yeah, the start of that pretty race. miserable. Yeah. But uh, the, the, those problems have, have mostly gone away now. And, the uh, as the years went by, the Disney folks kept inviting me back. And when they decided to do Run Disney, they had internal conversations as to uh, how who could they choose as a spokesperson. And they had various people that they had uh, put out there. And then finally, in one of the meetings, I'm told. Uh, they were talking about people who had come every year and somebody said, well, you know, Jeff Galloway has been here every year. (laughs) And uh, so they voted and I won that vote and I'm forever thankful of that. It's just a wonderful association from the beginning and 
going all the way through. They chose well. We are thankful also. Jeff, we talked about nutrition. A good chunk of the listeners here are going to be heading down to Marathon Weekend for the first time. Whole bunch of first-time dopies this weekend. Some of the things, how should they prepare? How should they prepare for this weekend? Equipment, clothing, uh, anything you can think of that might help them prepare for this weekend? Well, there are a lot of good hints about clothing on my website and in my books. There's a component in, uh, in both the website and the books called the clothing thermometer. And it's been tested uh, hundreds of thousands of times by runners, uh, but it, it gives you a guideline based on the temperature of the day as to what is normally the best type of thing to wear. And the idea, if it's cold, which it may be, uh, is to wear layers of clothing. You may even want to visit a Goodwill store and stock up on some things that you could toss along the course because Run Disney takes the discarded garments and and really uh, donates them to charities. So it's really a good cause anyway. But uh, bundle up. Uh, you don't need to suffer in being too cold at the start because as soon as the race starts and you start to warm up, you can peel off a layer. Uh, it's better to have on a cold day two, three, or even four layers rather than have one thick layer uh, that once you discard, you could be quite chilly uh, out there. Uh, so the uh, clothing then is something you should think about now, uh, when you're packing, making those last decisions on packing and ready to go down there. Uh, but there'll be a lot of things at the expo in case you happen to be uh, uh, deficient in something and uh, able to uh, purchase those at the expo. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, the snacks that you have along the way, I strongly recommend that you bring your own. Uh, not that Run Disney is going to run out, but they may not have the same um, blood sugar booster gel that you use. Uh, and in fact, your your brain and, and your energy level just needs sugar. And, and so use something that's worked for you and bring it with you so that you're in control over that. Um, in terms of bringing water on the course, I really wouldn't worry about that because uh, Run Disney does a fabulous job in, in supplying enough water. Uh, one thing you do need to be aware of in case the temperature is really cold, uh, because I've run races, uh, about half a dozen races uh, at, uh, in the Run Disney events where the temperature has been below freezing. Uh, it unusual, but it has happened. And uh, what happens is that people are going to spill water at the water stops. So you have to be very careful when you go through, if it's a, one of those uh, frozen mornings, because when the water hits the pavement, it often freezes and becomes very slick. So just be aware, folks, and, uh, and, and prepare accordingly. Um, then when it comes to the mental side of things, 
what you want to do is start right now, uh, a week or so before, and come up with your plan that you're going to use mentally in leading up to the start of the race and starting the race. Uh, carry your mantras with you for during the race, and particularly the tough parts that uh, you have experienced. Every one of you can get through those tough parts, and the more you have in the way of a cognitive strategy, such as mantras, the more you're going to turn on the positive parts of the brain that are going to get you through those tough places. Specific equipment question. How many pair of shoes should we bring, especially if we're running a challenge? Well, I do recommend at least two pairs of shoes. Um, and for one reason, if you happen to have been uh, trudging through Disney World and you're running shoes and it you got wet for some reason, the shoes got wet, you don't want to start the race with wet shoes. Um, so uh, it's good to have two shoes, one of them that you keep in your hotel room and it's ready to run in. And then you can walk around in the other shoes. Um, normally, people don't need to have any more shoes than that. Uh, what? <laughs> Well, maybe there's a fashion statement somewhere. In there. there you go. <laughs> but but the bottom line uh, with people that do carry more shoes, in my experience, has been they uh, are either sort of a shoe addict, and I, I do see some of those. Oh, yeah. You know, owning a running store, there's nothing wrong with that. Good for Fidipides. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Fidipides. But uh, the other thing is there are some people that have certain – orthopedic problems and they feel them differently on different days and with different shoes. So you really have to take care of any uh, idiosyncrasies that you might have. Any unique problems, huh? Yes. How about, and again, turning our attention to folks who maybe are doing their first or early in this process, how about some strategy for the events and the challenges? The challenges um, strategy is quite simple. You want to really take it easy on the first uh, challenge or challenges. And when it comes to the dopey, the most dramatic challenge, uh, I recommend walking as much of the half as you possibly can allow you to do. That is really the key to the dopey. If you run the half too hard, that marathon, which is long anyway, is a lot longer and a lot tougher. And so prepare for having resources at the end by not overdoing it early on. Uh, so, you know, enjoy the 5K and the 10K, walk mostly through the half, and then it's still a good idea because of all the running you've been doing and walking around the parks to take it easy in the first half of the marathon and just uh, see how you feel during the second half. Uh, the other challenges are similar in philosophy in that the first race or two, you want to take it much easier than you would ever do if you were doing those races as a standalone experience. And once you back off on that, you can 
save those resources. And if you're feeling good on the last event, um, especially the second half of the last event, go for it if you'd like to. Lexi, I'll get you in just a second. I, I smile, Jeff, when I hear this because 2019 was my first dopey. I talked to you and you said to me, Bob, walk the half. Just walk the half. And I did. Unless I saw a photo pass guy and then I ran. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It makes a difference. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I end up with negative splits in the in the marathon. It still wasn't that fast, but, you know, I had plenty of energy and felt good. Felt good. Finished that thing. Finished my first dopey. Went to my wife and said, we're coming back next year. I can't wait to do this again. There's nothing more exhilarating than having a strong finish. But the one event that will give you even more exhilaration is if that strong finish is in the dopey. It's just an amazing experience to finish strong. Let's go back to the half marathon again, because I'm doing dopey and I am going to be right on the pace of the balloon ladies, um, probably for all of the races. So I don't, and that's doing run walk. So, so I, I'm personally worried about like how much of the half can I run before the balloon ladies catch up to me? And then I have to run the end of the race because I'm like, Oh, I have to maintain the same pace. Like what's the balance between being on on the cusp of the the pace well the simple answer to that is to join our group uh at the uh, in in the last corral or two wherever you are and stay with the group um, they have a phenomenal success rate in terms of pulling people through and it's fun it's just they're a bunch of they're the most fun group that we have. Yeah, they are. I've been around them. They are. But there's this uh, bonding that occurs and uh, and you pull one another through. It's really neat. So a follow-up question. In picking a pace group to go with, if I'm not in the last corral, should I just pick the last pace group of the corral that I'm in? Because like, what if their intervals aren't the same as what I'm running? Like, how do I, how do I navigate that? That's a very good question. And there's no exact answer to that because people have so many different backgrounds coming in to the race with different ratios that they're using and so forth. Uh, so my suggestion is to stick with the run, walk, run strategy that you feel most confident is going to allow you to be strong all the way through. And so if you don't have a pace group in your corral that does that, then do that on your own. And then if our group from the last pace group catches up with you, you will have a group to go with at that point. And they can pull you through. Walk as much as I can of the half. And then when the last pace group catches up to me, stay with them until the end. Absolutely. Okay. If there's some listeners out there whose strategy is to walk a portion of the marathon, let's say either it's just part of their strategy or they didn't get enough training um, and they could only get up to a certain mileage, maybe they got sick, whatever, something happened, and they didn't get up to the 26 miles, 
would it be better for them to walk the beginning of the ha- of the full marathon or at the end? And this could apply for the half too, if that was what they were training for, or the 10K or 5K, I guess. Sure. Well, I will um, start my answer by asking you a question, and that is, would you feel better if you were running through the finish line in the last few miles or walking the last few miles uh, of the race? Always running. Okay. (laughs) Then what that means is the trade-off is by walking the first few miles, you save those resources so that you can be strong during the last few miles. Okay. Okay. I worry like um, that some people might think, oh, well, if I start out walking, then I'm not getting ahead of the balloon ladies. And what you're saying is you're leaving that in the tank. That's the gas that you're leaving in the tank for the finish. That's correct. And if you're in the last corral, again, our pace groups, we have two of them in the last corral, they will get you through. Nice. And if you start ahead of them, and let's say you start to, you know, slowly get back to them, you'll reach them at the end of the race when you need them. That's correct. And uh, what a, a growing number of people are doing who didn't get in the training that they really should have, they are starting in whatever corral they are and they're starting as far ahead in that corral as they can and they will walk mostly until the our last pace groups catch up with them and they by the walking that they did early they saved those legs and feet wow that's super cool and so remind me again the the pace flags they have the finish time you're anticipated but do they also have the pace that your run-walk interval is on there? Tell you the truth, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I don't remember. I don't think they do. I think they have. But they'll tell you. Just ask. If you see a flag, just ask anybody there, what run-walk run are you going to use? Cool. Yeah. Cool. If I'm not mistaken, and I I saw some shaking heads here, I think they have the finish time, like seven hours, Then I think they have the minute per mile on there. But oh, I don't think sense. they put the ratios on there. Yeah, the the spreadsheet that they shared had the uh, ratios on it. They also should have a sheet at the expo, um, and you can always go talk to them at Jeff Galloway's booth. Yeah, I I suspect Chris will be there. Uh, yes, usually he heads up the pacers. Definitely going to be there. I heard this strategy before. This is not what I had thought to use or anything like that, but. Um, with all of the communities out there on social media, Facebook and all of that kind of stuff. Um, What is your opinion on the strategy of walking one mile, doing run, walk the second mile, and then walking one mile and then doing run, walk the second mile? In other words, alternating Mm -hmm. uh, one mile after another. That's a fine strategy, and uh, a lot of people use that and use it very effectively. And that gives you a change-up, which really invigorates the brain and also sometimes puts you in with a different group of people, you know, whether you're walking or running. So, yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah. I've used okay. that. I've, I've done that. It works. I wanted to ask you, um, when things get hard on the race course, which they just will, um, as you're going through, what do you think is your number one top thing that you would um, say gets you through the race? 
if it were easy, we wouldn't be doing this. And, and the reason behind that is that running is just a very real experience. It is one of those things that our ancient ancestors prepared us to do because they regularly push themselves into total exhaustion and beyond that in order to find food because starvation was the main cause of death and has been for most of humanity's history. But the bottom line is they got through and and they prepared us mentally and physically to keep going when we are exhausted. But the best part about that whole experience is what happens as we get closer to the end and after the race is over with, we get the mental rewards cascading with positive hormones and empowerment circuits that are turned on. And the amazing mental benefits that running bestows and nothing else in life bestows. Uh, And the longer events gives us more of those than anything else in life. That's awesome. Jeff, before we leave, 30 years, you were at the original one. What's your favorite memory of the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend? It is a common memory that started the very first weekend back in uh, 94 and has continued in every single episode since. And that common uh, feeling is respect for one another, the ability to have fun while you're exercising, and then finally, the ability to respect those who have time goals and to know that we're all in this thing together and we support one another. Now, in, in most races, you will feel some of that But I can tell you from having gone to over a thousand races in my career, you just don't find the elevation of that experience in other races. Disney does it better than anything else. Beautiful. Beautiful. What a wonderful, what a wonderful wrap up. And that's, that's just exactly how we feel. Before I let you go, I always want to know what's new with, and I'm going to call them Jeff Galloway Productions. What's what's coming down the pike, my friend? Well, we have been working for some time on our new app, and it is the most advanced running app, uh, but it's easy to use. It's very easy to download because the download is absolutely free, and you get a, a free run-walk-run timer. You can either... Uh, Put your music on it, or you can use the music that is on the app. And then it has a whole set of other resources that you can tap into. Uh, But during the workouts, uh, you better get used to my voice because I'm telling you constantly that it's time to walk. It's time to run. (laughs) Come on, you can do this. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Nice. You're doing great. And nice. all the things, and, you know, particularly at the Disney events, I have dozens of people that come up to me and say, I don't know how you do it, but 
I'm out there on a run and it's not going well. And all of a sudden you come in and tell me that I'm, I'm going to do this and I've got the inner strength and by golly, I find it. <laughs> I believe it. I think it's incredible. I think it's really neat how that works. I am looking forward to that. In fact, you know, we talked about it. We talked about the app twice. We had Sherry on to tell us about it well, right after it came out. And then uh, your son Weston with, with, was with us a couple episodes ago. We spent about a half an hour with him. He did. He really has done a, a great job. And uh, like any uh, initiation uh, product, we have some glitches that sure. we're working on and we have uh, gotten most of them taken care of and we'll keep uh, taking care of them. Sure. I'm going to bug him when I see him in January. And I've not seen, I just haven't run into him yet but I'm going to bug him about the Android. Version. Well, he'll be there. He better tell him to be ready. <laughs> I will. Um, and let's talk about the Jeff Galloway weekend, which is going to be in March of 2023. Well, I absolutely love my new role on uh, being a character on the run Disney courses. Uh, it's, it's just really a joy for me, but there is no event. Um, except for my race in Atlanta in March, March 18th, the half marathon, where I am at the finish line to congratulate every person that comes across and pose for pictures if you want. They're free. We have all of our race pictures are free. You download them. There's no charge for them whatsoever. Uh, But it's a wonderful weekend. It's a coming together of folks literally from all over the world that use the method and they appreciate it so much and they naturally have affinity for all the other folks that are there. It's just a wonderful camaraderie and a chance to do something together in a positive way. The other uh, unique thing is that it's a, a, an historical course. It goes by the Margaret Mitchell House, Jimmy Carter Library, the Martin Luther King Center, and a whole lot of other historical areas in Atlanta. And we'd really just love to see you. I know you would have a good experience. Come and join us. Yes, please. I keep pushing them, Jeff. I keep pushing them, I I promise. appreciate it, Bob. uh, It does everything you just said. Now, some of those are probably on some of those Atlanta uphills, and I'm not sure I noticed them (laughs) Too busy well, trying to get up the hill. We'll have to say something about that. Yes, we do have hills on the course because Atlanta is just it's hilly. Hilly. I mean, you can't run 13 miles without running into a hill. But what we have is an advantage if you find a place for the start that's higher than the finish. And we have done that. We have a elevation at the start that's much higher than the elevation at the finish. So while there are hills, there are more downhills. I think, is, is it 600 feet difference? Or is it's, that a little high? Uh, not quite that. Not quite, that's, yeah. That's in the, in the range, and that's yeah. rather it, significant downhill uh, overall. But it, um, it produces a lot of PRs, including people from flatland areas. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's a good course. It, it did for me the first time I did it. Um, not it did. And yeah, you're right. You, of course you're right, but you may not believe it while you're running it, but when you finish it, you'll realize you did well. 
it's it's a beautiful finish to to run the last two miles in Piedmont Park away from traffic. Oh yeah, it is. It is. And actually, you reminded me of something else that we might want to talk about. That's that the VIP option and the after race food spread they have there. Now, that's not the only part of the VIP option, but that's that's a pretty neat part right there. Yeah, check out uh, from our website the uh, the VIP uh, offerings, which are rather significant. But uh, the very best part, as relayed to me, is that only a very few yards from the finish line is an indoor uh, snack and, and meal type of situation where you can reload and enjoy the camaraderie as you sit around and talk to people from all over. It's really a delightful setting. Yeah, it's very nice. There are other advantages to the VIP, including six months of customized training. That's right. But uh, that 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 is a highlight, especially if the weather's not great. Which in December it wasn't always great. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be nicer in March, though. March should be a lot better. It should really be. It's a usually an absolutely beautiful yes. time mid March because we have flowers coming out. Springtime is erupting. Let's all go. <laughs> yes, please, please do. Please join me. I'm already. I've been in for uh, well since it announced. So yeah, please join me, Jeff. It is always always a pleasure. We're so honored to have you here with us. That you'll spend some of your time. I really, really look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks. And I look forward to seeing all of you. And have a great holiday wherever you are. It's always a pleasure to talk with our friend Jeff. I say it every race weekend, do not miss the opportunity to go say hello to Jeff Galloway. You will be happy that you did. He's just a wonderful guy to talk with. After the interview, Jeff sent me a couple notes. He wanted to talk about a couple of things that he forgot to mention when he was with us. First one is the Fidipides Challenge will be back in 2023. I did the Fidipides Challenge in 2022 it's a series of virtual runs. It's really, really well done. Uh, I don't remember the total mileage required. It's 300 and something. I don't remember the exact number, but you've got the whole year to do it, and every mile counts. He, he likes to say, if you walk out to the mailbox, you can count that too. Uh, people count different ways, but you go in, you log your miles, and as you reach certain milestones, various recordings, audio recordings become available to you to talk about the history of ancient Greece and the history of Pheidippides. Very interesting. I'm looking across the room at my medal for that. It's a really nice medal for the challenge. I don't know if they'll change it or not. I kind of hope not. It's a really nice one. And it's a, it's a nice t-shirt for that thing too. So take a look at that. Look for the Pheidippides challenge. Uh, we'll, we have a link on our Facebook group site. We'll also put it in the show notes. I got notification that the Android version of the training app is actually in testing now, should be available soon. I know we've heard should be available soon before, but I, I pretty confident we're getting very close on that one. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. I think that's important. Uh, it, it links up with something else he's doing, but I can't remember what it is. So I'm, I'm pretty confident it's coming pretty soon. Another one Jeff wanted me to mention is Carissa's class. 
12 Weeks to a Healthier You, I think Healthier You is the name of the class, will be starting up early in January. Again, that information is in our Facebook group, and we'll put a link into the podcast notes. Hey, we are finishing our first calendar year. It's interesting to look back 12 months as to where we were at Marathon Weekend 2022, where we are at Marathon Weekend 2023. And friends, you have a whole lot to do with this. In fact, you are the reason that we have grown so much. I looked at the total number of downloads we had in December of 2021 going into Marathon Weekend. And then I looked at the number of downloads we've got this month, December of 2022. We have 21 times the number of downloads this year. So we've increased our listening audience over 20 times. And that's all on you. That is all on you for being faithful listeners. That's all on you for enjoying and interacting with us. And then also, I know for a great number of you, you've shared the link and you've you've shared your interest in the Rise and Run podcast. And we really couldn't be more grateful. We love it. I think we'd be hard pressed to increase our audience 20 times again in, uh, in 2023. That would be a challenge. In fact, I think that would put... <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more now. I think that would be quite a challenge. But That means everyone needs to tell 21 friends about the podcast. <laughs> but what's really cool is we can see everybody interacting with each other, and we see people making friends with each other, is. which is really awesome. It is. It is. It is. It's fantastic. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how excited we are about that and how excited we are about seeing you this coming weekend. I'll have more about that at the end of the episode also. Uh, the most listened to episode from last year, gang, you know what it was? The balloon ladies. It was the balloon ladies. Yeah. That's a good guess. It was the balloon ladies. Yeah. By, by a little bit. Uh, I didn't list who was second and third here, but yep. Episode 51, the balloon ladies was our most listened to episode. As far as guests, Brittany was with us three times. Coach Chris Twiggs was also with us three times. Three times, actually four episodes for Chris. We split one of his episodes into two parts. Uh, Jeff Galloway was with us twice. Again, three episodes. We split one of Jeff's into two parts. Our Council of Costumes appeared with us two times. But Pam, who is part of the Council of Costumes, made a third appearance on another episode when she did a recap of Princess Weekend, along with Allie. Uh, we started the listener intros. We started that, I think we've got about eight or ten of those so far. We need some more. Don't forget to press the Join the Conversation link and leave us an intro. We love using them. We love using your voice here whenever we can. Come on, you're tired of listening to me, right? We need, we need more listener interaction. So whenever you get a chance, do that. We started the race report spotlight. As of this week, we've had 30 different people appear in the race report spotlight. Our friend Margaret in Central Florida, Margaret of the many costumes, she was the first. The most recent will be this week will be Mark. Uh, podcasts we listened to, we did six just as podcasts we listened to, but we did a couple others that we ended up 
expanding into longer interviews like Jill Angie's Not Your Average Runner and Martinez Evans, 300 Pounds in Running, uh, Heather Jergensen's Runners Without Limits, Weston Galloway's podcast we listened to, uh, You Can Do It, Jeff's podcast. We kind of expanded that a little bit. We, we brought him on under the pretense of a podcast we listened to, but we held him over for a couple extra minutes. So so those things happened. I don't know what new things will happen going on. Uh, we, we changed the race report a little bit. I love the race report. That's another one that expanded so greatly. It expanded so big. If you'll remember back in the early episodes, we would discuss who ran last week and who's running next week. Well, we got so many and not too many though. Keep sending them. We look forward to getting them that we, we dropped part of that and we just uh, talk about who ran last week. So that in a nutshell was 2022 next week. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the favorite episodes. We've got some clips, some highlights from this last year that we'll have available for you. All right, friends, it's time for something that's become a tradition here at the Rise and Run podcast. Prior to every Run Disney weekend, we have the roll call of all the runners. And by golly, the roll call is really long. Again, that's on account of you and your activity with the group. We're excited by it. Now, I'm going to make apologies up front. I did my very, very, very best to make sure I got everyone included in here. But as you're about to learn, there are a couple hundred names in here. I hope I didn't make any mistakes. But if I left something out, please feel free to scold me online and I'll fix it the next time I get a chance. The other thing is you're going to hear some people with this is their first Disney run, first marathon, first dopey, whatever. Others, especially early on, I just put an asterisk next to your name if it was your first something. So if we're not sure what the first event is for you, we're just going to say, first time. Now, protocol is that for each race, once you hear your name, you've got to stand up and be recognized and remain standing until we get to the end of the list. We're going to do something we haven't done before. We're going to go, we used to go from the longer distances to the shorter. This time we're going to go in chronological order. We're going to start with the 5k and head towards Dopey. So, let the roll call commence. The 5K run. All right. So, for the 5K, we have Becky, Bob, Brandy, Casey, Diane, Jen, Joanne, John, Katie, Carrie Ann, Mary Ellen, Tori, Wendy, and Lisa. Okay. Outstanding. Those are our 5K runners. Round of applause. <laughs> Man, that, that includes two Rise and Run wives as well, too. That, that's, that's impressive wow. work. Yeah. All right, y'all y'all may be seated. That's good. In the 10K, we have Brandy, Casey, David, Greta, Jamie, Carrie Ann, Mary Ellen, Pam, Sarah, Stephanie, Wendy, Catherine, Lisa, 
Kathy, Hannah, who will be running with Amanda on her birthday, and Amanda, who will be running with Hannah on her birthday. Those are our 10K runners. You may, you, you may be seated. Our half marathon runners. All right, running Donald and Daisy's half marathon, we have Allie's friend Casey, David, Jennifer I, Jennifer M, our good friend and former guest Judy, Carrie Ann, running her first ever in-person Run Disney race. We have Melissa, Ryan, Sarah R, Sarah W, Wendy, Liz, Lisa, and Kathy. Yay! Half marathoner. Wow! All right, you, you can sit down now. Okay, in the marathon. For the running the marathon, we have our friend Adam, who's pacing. Andrew, who's a first-timer. Anna, Bob, the pickle queen herself, Casey. Sia, if I pronounced your name wrong, I'm sorry. Um, we have a perfect marathoner, our friend Chris Twiggs. Another will, first timer. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt you, Allie, who, who will be with us after the marathon to talk about 30 years of marathoning at Disney, by the way. So awesome. We have a first timer, Christina, and a first timer, Christopher. We have Dean, and we have Alicia, who's first marathon. Also running the marathon, we have Jay. We have Jen, who's running her first marathon. Jay Murr. <laughs> we- <laughs> We have Jeremy running his first marathon. You have Karen running her first marathon and her first Disney race. You have Kate running her first marathon and first run Disney race. We have Lexi, not our Lexi. We have Melinda running her first marathon. We have Ruth, Sean running their first marathon, and Tara. Yay! There we go. Let's hear for our our marathoners, especially the first timers. All right, marathoners, you can have your seat now as we move on to the Goofy Challenge. So running Goofy, we have David, who's a first-time marathoner, Allie, who's a first-time marathoner, Amy Beth, Amy M, who's first-time, Don, Kate, Christina, first-time, Tonya, Jeanette, first time, and Paul, first time. Yeah, Goofies. All right, Goofy runners, have a seat. All right, Dopey runners. Remember, stand up when you hear your name. I hope you're wearing comfortable shoes. If your name begins with an A, you're going to be standing for a long time. This is incredible, the number of folks who are doing the Dopey Challenge. All right, let's kick it off. So for our Dopey runners, we have Adrian. Alana, Allie, who's running her first Dopey, Allison, Alicia, Amanda P, Amanda T, running her first Dopey, Amber R, and Amelia, running her first Dopey. Then we also have Amy M, Amy S, Anna, who is a first-timer, as well as Ashley, including Brian and Brianna, again, both first-timers there, Bonnie Candice running her first marathon. We also have Carmen who's running their first marathon and believe it or not, Dopey is their first run Disney event ever. And they're coming all the way from the land of Bluey 
Australia. So yeah. that that's exciting. That's a big deal. Uh, again, we have Allie's friend Casey, and we also Joe have Charlie, who I believe either this is his seventh dopey or his seventh marathon. We're not one hundred percent sure, but still, that's a big number. It's number seven. Also on the dopey challenge, Danielle. Darren and Megan. Donnie is a first timer. Emily, Emma and her husband, first marathon there. Erica and her husband. Erica S. Aaron C. Aaron V. First time for both of them. Ethan, first marathon. And we have Greg from Rise and Run. First oh, that's me. That's me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we also have Gretchen. We have Heather, who will be in the wheelchair division. We have Holly, which is her first time. Then we have me. It's my it's first you. time. That's you. Excited, I know. <laughs> we have Jamie, Jared, Jason C, Jason H. It's his first time. And Jeff, who is a perfect dopey. That is so awesome. That's amazing. That's cool. Not perfectly dopey, but a perfect dopey, yeah. He's a good friend. Jeff was on one of the spotlights. We also have Jeff W., who is a first-timer. Jen K., who is a first-timer. We have two Jen Ks that are first-timers. Jen S., Jessica G., who is first-time dopey. Jessica L., Jody, Joe, who is a first timer, John from Rise and Run, and Jordan, who is doing the 5K with her son and first timer. We also have Joshua, who's a first timer, Kate, whose first marathon is this one. We have Kate, whose first marathon is this one. And then we have Marlise, who is Kate's mother in law. So she's also running her first as part of Dopey. Kelly, Kristen, G. Kristen S. Christy P., um, you recently hurt yourself, and we're all hoping for a quick recovery for you. We have my sweet friend Heidi, Lauren, Lori, Lena, and that's Lena's first time as well. And then we got our friend Lexi from from the podcast. We have Liam. Lizzie's running her first marathon and first half marathon. Oh, wow. (laughs) We have Madge doing her first dopey. We have Margaret, Marie doing her first dopey and first visit to Walt Disney World. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. We have Mark, uh, who we'll be hearing on later, doing his first marathon and half marathon. We have Mark W. doing his first dopey and Mary. Also, we have Matt H. doing his first dopey. Megan, who is doing their first marathon as part of the dopey challenge. Our buddy Megan, and this is going to be marathon number 20 for her. Wow. That is really, yep. really cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Also doing, um, also a first timer, Melissa. Then we have Michael. Then we have Michelle F. and Michelle O., both first timers. We have Misty, Monica, and then our, our friend Natalie is doing her first dopey and first marathon. Nikki L is a first timer. Nikki W is a first timer. Riley, first dopey. Robert R, first dopey and first marathon. Robert S, first dopey and first marathon. 
Robin, a first-timer. Rachel, first dopey and first marathon. Sarah H., first-timer. Sarah I., and Sarah V., a first-timer. All right, and then to round it out, we have Shailene. We have Sonia, plus a friend of hers. We have Tammy, who's running her first dopey. We have Tara, Taylor, Tiffany, Trisha, and Ralph, first timers for both. We have Todd, Tony, it's his first time. We have Tracy, first time dopey and first marathon, and Nick, first time doing marathon. Oh, gosh, this is his 10th marathon, correction, and his Mm -hmm. first dopey. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Those are your dopey challenge runners. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. You can all sit down now. Everybody can sit (laughs) down. By unofficial count, and the only reason it's not official is we had some people in there who said plus friend or plus husband or whatever. We have over 100 Rise and Runners who have listed their name for the Dopey Challenge. That's guys, friends, gang. That's impressive. Now, we're not quite done. We have two other lists we want to talk about. We have some folks who are doing virtual runs. So doing the virtual runs, we have Joanne, who's doing the 5K and 10K, Callie, who's doing the 5K, Kayla, who's doing the 5K, Melinda, who's doing the 10K, Melissa, who's doing the 10K, Monica, who's doing the 10K, Sean, who's doing First Time Dopey. That's impressive that you're doing Mm -hmm. it virtually. Mm -hmm. And Valerie, who's doing the half. Yeah, that that dopey virtual that's a that's a real challenge. But God bless you, good good for you, Sean. Somebody not doing a virtual race this year for for Disney, Joe. And then there's one more group we want to talk about: the lucky few who aren't satisfied with the four races on Marathon Weekend. They're going to add another one. They're going to get on the boat and head to Castaway K for the Castaway K Challenge. All right, we have Carmen from Australia, John, Margaret, Misty, Sonia, and their friend, and Wendy. So jealous. Take us with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a heck of a list. I'm, I'm so excited that you all included us by adding your names to the race report, and I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely as many of you as we can while we're there. I just want to, I want to wish everybody on this list good luck and have a oh, yeah. great, great time uh, running. And to our fellow podcasters here, I know you guys put a lot of training in. I know you guys would do great. Good luck, guys. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. John. Yep. Thank you. All right, friends, that's the roll call. Now it's time for the race report. In last week's race report, I mentioned that Jack did the Frosty Looper eight-hour, and anybody who did an eight-hour event gets to come back the next week. If they told me what they were going to talk about it, Jack did 48 and three-quarters mile in the eight-hour Frosty Looper in Pensacola, New Jersey, with friends, and I think the friends ran part of this, not the whole thing, friends Aaron and Michael. That's impressive. 48 How cold plus was it? miles. Uh, it was a cold weekend. 
and especially up in Jersey. I don't know, John may not, that wasn't this weekend, John, the weekend before. Um, it was, well, it was, it was cold enough that the run was called a frosty looper. So it must have been pretty chilly. But Jack, that's impressive, and I'm glad you did make that post and we got a chance to talk about it. Uh, last Saturday was the Saturday was Christmas Eve. It was bitter cold through, through much of the eastern. In fact, almost all of the country was really, really cold. There were only a few events scheduled. The Donut 5K in Carmel, Indiana. Our buddy Jeff was scheduled for that. Now, Jeff usually makes a post. In fact, I think he almost always makes a post when he finishes a run. I didn't see a post from Jeff. I got to believe this thing was probably canceled or at least postponed because the weather was like sub-zero. Uh, even down here in Florida, things were chilly. The Run Run Santa one-mile run in Vieira, Florida, one mile with 900 fellow Santas dressed in Santa suits. Margaret and John did that in full Santa suit costume, of course. Uh, this for Margaret marks her 53rd live race of the year, her 14th consecutive race weekend. In addition to the 53 live, she did nine virtuals. She signed up for Dopey. She may be the only runner for whom Dopey is going to be a break. (laughs) 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 It was cold. It was right around the freezing mark in central Florida. Cold enough that for some reason, Margaret's phone stopped working. So the photos we have from this race are courtesy of the Grinch. How appropriate. The Grinch in his costume took photos of Margaret Margaret and John for us. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this run occurred. Jennifer ran the Jingle Bell Jog with her husband, Stephen, and a few folks from the office. This one had 3,000 Santas running along the highway A1A. Uh, The Santa suits fit the weather. It was in the 40s, even as far south as Fort Lauderdale, which is which is just north of Miami. So even down here, it was kind of chilly. The Coca-Cola Classic Virtual 5K, our buddy Virtual Joe did that one. Only 49 races this year for Joe. It was an off what year. What a slacker. 49, not too, not too shabby. Nine Conqueror events challenges and five Lord of the Ring challenges for Joe. Joe's a sucker for the bling. He could not resist the bears on the medal. That that was an awesome medal when he posted that. I really, really like that one. Friends, by the time you listen, we will be a week away from joining you at Disney World. Here's where you can find us. I believe we will all be at the expo sometime on Wednesday. I know I'm going to be there in the afternoon. Anybody else know about when you'll be there? Hopefully right in the morning. Same. Yeah. Or, or whenever the virtual queue tells me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like the morning for most everybody, I'll be there after lunch. I got a lunch reservation at Hollywood Studios, and then I'll be over after that. 
I said this earlier in the podcast and promise to repeat it. On race day, the place to find us is as you walk into the, it, it will be the reunion area after the race, but when the buses leave you off and you walk into the area where everyone congregates, there will be bleachers, there'll be a stage set up up front, there'll be character stops on the left and right of the stage. As you face the stage, we typically stand to the left of the bleachers. We end up sharing that area with our friends from the Run Dopey Facebook group, which is great as far as I'm concerned, because it's good to see them too. So there's usually a crowd over there. You can find us. We'll look forward to seeing you there. That's where you can see us before the races. Our formal meetup, as many of you know, and it's still pinned to the featured section of the Facebook group, so you can still find it and let us know if you're coming. Our formal meetup, and I don't mean coat and tie or anything, I just mean the one that we have on the list, will be Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. at Dockside Margaritas at Disney Springs. Show up, we'll have some swag there, minor swag. We've got some wristbands, we've got some stickers. Uh, maybe maybe you even get one of our new business cards, which, by the way, is a sticker also. So <laughs> we should have those there for you. So we are looking forward to seeing so many of you this weekend. But the one thing that, that I wanted to mention, and, and I truly do speak on behalf of all of my other co-hosts here, is I know I have seen whether it's, as part of the you know event page or the event chat or just the generalized um, rising run Facebook page, I've seen a lot of comments of, oh you know I'm gonna try to make the meetup, but I- I'm a little nervous. I-, I consider myself socially awkward or you know or in-, in various things like that. If you see us, whether it is before the race, during the race, in the corrals. At the meetup, at the expo, heck, even in the parks, please by no means whatsoever be shy or timid. We started this because we wanted to help people and create a family. And the only way that that family grows is if we get to talk to our family, meet our family, and and let it grow and foster from there. So please do not feel any of those emotions whatsoever. I mean, heck... Some of us can probably joke and say that we're socially awkward as well, too, but we love chatting with everybody. I, I know a lot of us will probably be wearing our Rise and Run swag, you know, that we've been selling over these couple of months. But, you know, if you just see us around even not in our swag, again, please come up to us. We want to learn about you. We want to hear your story. We want to be able to share your stories. So, again, don't feel timid at all. Come up, say hi. You know, we just we want to continue to make friends and build relationships with with this family. And I think honestly, that's probably outside of running. That is probably the one major thing that all of us are looking forward to. So again, take the time. Please don't be timid. And, and we just re, we really cannot wait to meet all of you. Yeah, thanks, Greg. It's it's more or less the reason I go anymore. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be really honest about it. It is. So thanks. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. Well said. You may have noticed to this point, there was no race report spotlight. I've left it to the very end, a visit with our friend, Mark. Friends, you may have noticed no race report spotlight so far. 
But we do have one, and it's kind of a special one this week. We've invited our guest, Mark, to join us. Mark didn't run an organized race this week, but he's here for another reason. We'll get to that in just a moment. But let's start by saying, Mark, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast, and welcome to the Race Report Spotlight. Thank you, Bob. We're, we're glad you took the time to join us. Mark, you're running. You're running this uh, January. You're running Dopey? Yeah, I'm running Dopey. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Good for you. How's your training going? It's been going well. Um, I had some dips this year. It's not been the easiest of years. I had a round of COVID back in August. I had a round of something we assume was RSV um, in early November, so mid-November. So I really still feel like I'm coming back from that, but I've yeah. got all the long distances in. So I am trusting the training as everyone continues to tell Good me to do for you. I'm still terrified, but I'm trusting the training. Ah, don't be, don't be terrified. I know. Don't be terrified. Don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared of. I have been listening to the podcast. I promise. <laughs> we talked about that earlier tonight. Don't be scared. It's okay to be nervous. Nervous, nervous may help you out a little bit, but don't yeah. be scared. Don't be scared. At least you'll be there to take care of you. Okay. <laughs> Mark, have you had any races recently? I really haven't. Um, I was I was slated to do a local night 5K, and I was sick that night, so I couldn't do it. It called the running of the balls. You know, those circular Christmas lights all lit up. It, was, it looked like it would have been pretty, but I was almost running a fever that night, so didn't seem like the best time to be going yeah. out in 30-degree <laughs> weather for a run. <laughs> no. Good move. Smart man. <laughs> nice decision on that one. But I'm, I'm hoping next year will be a little more regular with, with races. You've had other things going on, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, yeah. what's, the, what's the last one you did? Do you remember? The last official race I did was Springtime. Yeah. Springtime, springtime Surprise. Springtime Surprise. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, that counts. <laughs> it's not that long I'd ago. I'd like to think so. It seemed like it counted at the time. It was fun. Oh yeah, and you got Dopey coming up. You have anything else on your schedule? Um, I have a five miler that's coming up a couple of weeks after Dopey. It's more of a shakeout run than a race. Yeah, but there's a a local trail series I'm doing that's four races across the year, and the medals actually are magnetic and connect. So if you do all four races, you get this gigantic one. They're and they're based on the seasons this year. They're really pretty. I've I'll seen I've seen medals like that. That's pretty neat. How'd you get into running? How'd you get started? Um, I hated it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Gym class was just the worst thing. Um, but I guess about five, six years ago, I, uh, I was diagnosed with severe obstructive sleep apnea and had a, got put on a CPAP, which while it helped and made sleeping better, I hated yeah, uh, it's it's miserable having a mask attached to your face, and I needed the full Darth Vader getup, so it was it's uncomfortable and it's embarrassing, and it's a hassle. So I I wanted to get rid of it, and that meant losing weight. So I started dieting, and I started just casually running. I had no real interest in doing races. I still had that drilled in from when I was a kid that you can't race until you can actually run the full distance. Walking is for sissies. Walking is for losers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I just started really casually running around a local park. I had moved down to Florida after about a year of that, got off the CPAP. Good. And um, then my roommates were like, hey, we're going to go 
do this half marathon at Disney World. And I went, you're nuts. Have fun <laughs> with that. I can barely run a mile. I'm not, there's no way in six months I can be ready to run straight through 13 miles. But I will support you. So I went out and I cheered. That was 2020. That was the brutally hot year. Even the half marathon was pretty miserable that year. And Right. But I still, I, I actually ended up doing like 13 miles of walking, just chasing them around the, the course uh-huh. and trying to cheer for them. But I saw, you know, run, walk, wa- run. I saw that right. the pace was nothing like what was in my head. And so I was like, okay, we'll try this next year. And um, then something happened. Oh, it, yeah. Was, yeah. That was COVID. That was the year that it went. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say you were hooked. You'd seen a Disney. I, I was like, I was yeah. really enjoying it. That was when I first found you guys. That was when I found the first timers group. And, um, and I was doing great. Like I was all set. I was signed up for goofy. Cause by the time I got into it, um, the half was full. So I, I signed up for goofy instead and it was going great. And then, and then they canceled, you know, it became a virtual thing. And I was less interested in doing 26 miles around my neighborhood. So yeah, it just and from there I've it's been on and off even the last few years. I, I have dips where I struggle to stay with it. And then I get back on the horse. This year has been better and CTP has been a huge help. Uh, you know, the accountability of having a schedule, having something officially in front of you and having calls to get in on helps a lot. One of the things you just touched upon is one of the things that I love so much about Disney races is being able to see people with different body types and different abilities and different ways of getting the job done and just going, you know what? They're inspiring to me. And I think that's awesome that you pointed that out. Yeah. It, it, it was good to see that it's possible. Like when I was telling one of my friends uh, about this, he's like, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't really look like someone that runs marathons. Just, <laughs> I said, neither, no, that's neither do I, <laughs> but no, it's, and it's been really good for me and it's good for, I mean, it is, it is healthy and one does lose weight doing it. And here's so, the thing. You do look like someone who runs marathons. Well, and so in, do about I. A week and a half, in about yeah. a week and a half, we can say that. Yep. Exactly. I technically didn't do a full marathon on my training run. I did stop. Oh, you're saving it. You're saving it. I was saving that last. (laughs) I figure I can can risk hitting the wall two tenths of a mile before the end of the race. I think a lot of of folks do that. I'm excited for you. Uh, Yes. I am am really excited. I got about three packages in the mail about two hours before we started with kind of the last little tidbits of my costumes. Good, 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 good. I I am an overgrown child and I love dressing up. You're in the right place. You're yeah. Well, the that was right part people. of it too. Seeing the half marathon, like it's like, oh, and this is also an excuse to dress up. Well, then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that that segues beautifully, Mark, into really. I'm going to say why you're here because we're happy you're here. Period. But uh, you're here for a special reason, and you have an avocation that you're part of a local community theater group and you perform in musicals. Tell us a little bit. Unlike running, that's something I have been doing my entire life. I I can remember being five years old and being in kindergarten in the holiday pageant at at the elementary school and being Rudolph. So I've been performing in some some fashion or not basically my entire life. Um, And I love it. It's 
it's fascinating to me. I was I was listening very recently to your interview with uh, Brittany Charbonneau, and that I, I'm realizing I thought I was being quite clever and quite unique when I was posting in in the Facebook groups about this is my weird cross training for for the the week that uh, I'm going to go and pretend to be a lion, um, and I don't think it's really as unique as all that. Truth be told, it seems like there's a fair number of people in this community that are also either have been or actively involved in theater and the arts, which I love. And I think it's fantastic. So I've just kind of been doing it forever. And it was, it was a good way. I just moved actually from Florida to North Carolina. I timed that about as poorly as I could for training. And I got all of the really hot summer right into all of the really cold North Carolina days. Uh, but it's a good way to start connecting with the local community. So I, I actually literally auditioned the day after I got here for the show because I'm that kind of dork and got in. I was, it was the wizard of Oz and I was playing Zeke or the cowardly lion. Yeah. It's the farmhand's name. A, um, a great role. Oh, it was fun. It's been on my list to do. I was part of why I risked doing it like right after arriving is it's a role I've wanted to play for a long time. It's, it's a tradition here too. This was the 27th annual production that this theater has put on of the show. Nice. Nice. And we saw some clips from it and it, it looked like a first rate production. And yeah. We heard some of the music and you offered to sing for us. I did. Cause I enjoy singing for people. I'm going to, I'm going to set this up since I started Dopey back in 2019, and since I was part of Alicia's RDM, Run Disney Motivational Team group, and the First Timers Facebook group, every year I would post a link to a, the YouTube selection of The Impossible Dream from the Man of La Mancha. It has been a very meaningful song to me, and I think if you listen to the lyrics from the opening lines of to dream the impossible dream, I used to think that completing the dopey challenge was impossible. Literally. It's not. And then listen to the lyrics throughout in the last refrain. And the world will be better for this. Are we making maybe just a little bit? just a little bit by putting forth all this effort. You, you never know who you're motivating. You never know what you're doing, how what you're doing is impacting other people. So, Mark, if you would, please. To dream the impossible dream To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go To right the unrightable wrong To love pure and chaste from afar To try when your arms are too weary To reach the unreachable star 
This is my quest to follow that star No matter how hopeless, no matter how far To fight for the ride without question or pause To be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause And I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this, that one man scorned and covered in scars still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable stars. Yay! Thank you. My friends, and if you run, you are our friends. We'll see you soon. Happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.